Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. When you get into the presence of the Lord, the Bible says you experience a fullness. And that fullness that you begin to experience is joy. And the joy of the Lord, he says, becomes strength for you. And he becomes a strength like no other. Nothing and no one can compare to him. What does the Bible tell us that God is looking for this morning? True worshipers. He says, true worshipers then worship in what? Spirit and in truth. If you didn't already know, the object of your worship is Jesus. It's Jesus. It is a total surrender of all that you are and all that you'll ever be to Jesus. The Bible speaks to you and I, and we'll preach about this this morning, of being instruments, instruments that he can work through. And I began to research this word instrument in the context in which it was given in that scripture. And that word instrument, literally in the Hebrew, means weapon. When you become an instrument, you become a weapon that God can work through. I was watching the instrumentalists here on the stage a moment ago. And do you realize that these instruments won't do anything until the master gets there and starts to do some things with them? And that's what God wants to do. He wants to work in your life in such a way. He wants you to be an instrument, but you must be an instrument where you allow the master to bring out the great symphony, to bring out the great sound, to bring out the great, uh, as it were, crescendos of beauty. And then you'll be able to just truly be and accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. You know, just looking, that looks like just a piece of metal. That looks like some round circles of metal. And that looks like just something ceramic-like, but when the master gets there and starts to pluck the strings, what a beautiful sound. When the master gets into your heart, when the master gets into your life, when the master becomes your lifestyle, you worship. You have worship. And what you then begin to do is you begin to produce something. And the Bible calls it fruit. And he says this fruit that you produce should be good fruit. Amen. Ever got any fruit that wasn't so good? Bit into it and you went, looks good on the outside. But man, first thing that you want to do is what? You know the Bible speaks about that. See, when you're a worshiper, you're not going to be lukewarm about this. And you certainly aren't going to sit and just be quiet about this. Everything that has breath true worshipers praise God. They praise him with all of their heart, all of their soul, all of their strength. What you have, you give to God. How many of you remember when you were in the world? Amen. Don't tell me that you weren't, because you were. It had to be before you came to Christ. 
But some of you were in the world and you gave yourself to the world. I mean, I came up in an era called disco. Anybody remember disco? Big old lights up in the ceiling and all that. And I tell you, I went to some of these establishments, of venues, uh, and man, people gave themselves. You came out, folks were sweating. I mean, they, they danced with all their might. And God said, what, what happened when you came to him? Were you not excited about it? Were you not glad about it? Were you not... Come on, if you enjoy the Lord's presence this morning, just give him, a, give him your best worship. Give him your best praise. Give him your very best. Shout it out unto him. Let it be known. Look. All around the country today, all around at least the United States of America, there are going to be a number of people that are going to show you that they are committed. Some are going to be right out there on what's called People's or Arena Drive. And they're going to be letting you know. They're going to have the apparel on. They're going to be shouting it. I mean, they're not going to even wait until they get into the stadium. All the way from the parking lot, they will be shouting. They'll be out there calling themselves, calling themselves tailgating, waiting until the door opens. Anticipation. Folks, this is how it should be for the body of Christ. There should be a readiness about us. There should be this anticipation about. You remember how David said, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go. Let's go where? the house of the Lord. Folks say, well, I'm glad they, they invited me to go to FedEx Stadium or whatever stadium, uh, M&T Stadium. But we ought to be, as a church, even more excited about coming to the house of the Lord. David, I loved it. When David recovered the Ark of the Covenant, you remember how David came back into the city? Dancing. Rejoicing. Leaping. Shouting. Even his wife got a little, little, little concerned. Every now and then, people will get a little bit concerned when you, maybe I should say it like this, when you cut loose and truly worship God. Your neighbor sitting by you might say, does it take all of that? It takes all of that. Because you know what? Jesus took all of that for you. He took all the sin. He took all of the, uh, uh, the shame. He took all of the iniquity. And you can, somebody shout this morning. Somebody give God a shout this morning. Let him know you are here in the house. Let him know that you love him. You bless him. You honor him. You're thankful. You're glad. You rejoice in him. It is good to give thanks unto the Lord. It is good to give thanks unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you, team, for 
just taken us right into the presence of the Lord this morning. It's so in line, and I feel like I, I really need to start preaching and teaching. I want to do some other things, but the Lord says, no, you get into the Word because it needs to stay connected. And I need you to stay connected to this. Matter of fact, uh, just um, I, I'd asked uh, the group back there if they could find something, uh, um, and I don't know if they did or not. Uh, give me a thumbs up. Uh, if you have, just play it because it's going to connect where you just were to help take you to the next place. And then after that, I'm going to go ahead and share what the Lord shared with me concerning this message. Go ahead and play that. It's all right. Lift it up. Some of you heard this. This is Ann Graham Lotz. Sometimes life's cares and concerns can be overwhelming, can't they? You can bring the light down just a little bit. And all I have to say is, I don't want to escape. I don't want to quit. I don't want sympathy. I don't even want a miracle. Just give me Jesus. He is enduringly strong. He is entirely sincere. He is eternally steadfast. He is immortally gracious. He is imperially powerful. He is impartially merciful. He is the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizons of the globe. He is God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He is the captive's ransom. He is the breath of life. He is the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He is august and he is unique. He is unparalleled and he is unprecedented. He is undisputed and he's undefiled. He is unsurpassed and he's unshakable. He is the lofty idea in philosophy. He is the highest personality in psychology. He is the supreme subject in literature. He is the unavoidable problem in higher criticism. He is the fundamental doctrine of theology. He is the cornerstone, the capstone, and the stumbling stone of all religion. He is the miracle of the ages. Just give me Jesus. Hallelujah. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He forgives and he forgets. He creates and he cleanses. He restores and he rebuilds. He heals and he helps. He reconciles and he redeems. He comforts and he carries. He lifts and he loves. He is the God of the second chance, the fat chance, the slim chance, the no chance. Just give me Jesus. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. He is the key to knowledge. He is the fountain of life. He is the wellspring of joy. He is the storehouse of wisdom. He is the foundation of faith. He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the pathway to peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. He is the gateway to glory. He is the highway to happiness. Just give me Jesus. He supplies strength to the weary. He increases power to the faint. He offers escape to the tempted. He sympathizes with the hurting. He saves the hopeless. He shields the helpless. He sustains the homeless. He gives purpose to the aimless. He gives reason to our meaninglessness. He gives fulfillment to our emptiness. 
He gives light in the darkness, comfort in the loneliness, fruit in the barrenness, future to the hopeless, life to the lifeless. Just give me Jesus. He guards the young. He seeks the stray. He finds the lost. He guides the faithful. He rights the wronged. He avenges the abused. He defends the weak. He comforts the oppressed. He welcomes the prodigal. He heals the sick. He cleanses the dirty. He beautifies the meek. He restores the failure. He mends the broken. He blesses the poor. He fills the empty. He clothes the naked. He satisfies the hungry. He elevates the humble. He forgives the sinner, and he raises the dead. Just give me Jesus. His office is manifold, and his promise is sure. His life is matchless, and his goodness is limitless. His mercy is enough, and his grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. He is indestructible. He is indescribable. He is incomprehensible. He is inescapable. He is invincible. He is irresistible. He is irrefutable. I can't get him out of my mind, and I can't get him out of my heart. I can't outlive him, and I can't live without him. Amen. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but found they couldn't stop him. Satan tried to tempt him, but found he couldn't trip him. Pilate examined him on trial, but found no fault in him. The Romans crucified him, but couldn't take his life. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Just give me Jesus. He had no predecessor, and he will have no successor. He is the Lion, and he's the Lamb. He is God, and he's man. He is the seven-way King. He is the King of the Jews. That's a racial King. He is the King of Israel. That's a national King. He is the King of righteousness. That's a moral King. He is the King of the ages. That's an eternal King. He is the King of heaven. That's a universal King. He is the King of glory. That's a celestial King. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Please. Just give me Jesus. And God has. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dear God, for just giving me Jesus. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world.
ought to be all of our cry this ought to be all of our prayer just give me Jesus because he is the answer to Green all light. of those multiple to the things that you heard uh, Ruth Graham Lott uh, mention you know in terms of we go through some struggles and troubles but God will bring you out of them all and he wants you to constantly be looking toward Jesus. That's what a true worshiper does. They're constantly keeping their eyes stayed on him. And as a result, the Bible says, he is constantly keeping you in where? In a place of peace. The opposite of peace. Speak to me now. What would be the opposite of peace? Chaos. Unrest. Anarchy. Confusion, a lot of struggle and trouble. And God is always in the business of making sure his people are in a place of peace. But if you enter into this place, you enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, you truly come in so that you are thankful. And like was in that narrative a moment ago, your focus is give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Whatever the world has given you or taken away from you, Jesus is what you need. Open your Bibles with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 61. We want to look at the first three verses. You remember these verses perhaps from Luke chapter 4 because Jesus himself spoke these verses and, and he took the book, the Bible says, and he read these verses and then he sat down. But we want to go back and examine these in perspective today into terms of worship. I said to you a moment ago that when looking up this word worship, when looking up the fact that God says he wants you and I to be instruments, that instrument means that he wants you to be a weapon. This is why I, I, I'm so excited sometimes when I'm reading the Bible and it says, but your weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty. They are unconventional type weapons, though. There's something that the world wouldn't necessarily say, I would use that as a weapon. How many remember last week when we were talking about this man named Jehoshaphat? Remember how Jehoshaphat uh, first feared when he heard that three armies were coming against him, but then he went in prayer and he began to acknowledge God, to God, God, I'm weak and I need your help. I'm in a state of dependency. And that's a wonderful place to be when you're addressing God. God, I'm dependent on you. And you remember the strategy that God gave to Jehoshaphat. He said, Jehoshaphat, this is what I want you to do. And he, and he spoke this through the prophet. He spoke this through a priest coming back. They had fasted. They had prayed. They had sought the face of God. And God spoke back. Folks, I'm telling you, when you get into these postures of prayer, you get into these postures where you're just praising God and just focused on him, God will speak to you. You can be assured God will speak to you. And just as he spoke to Jehoshaphat, he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to uh, confront this army that's coming against you. However, your confrontation is not going to be through a conventional way. You're going to put the worshipers out there. You're going to put the praise and worshipers out there. 
in front of the army. How many of you know what happens at the end? You know what the, the end result is? The enemy was what? Totally defeated. When they got there, when the army, literally when the people got there, the army was already had been in confusion and had literally taken themselves out. You remember, we were closing last week, and it said, and God blessed his people so that it took them, what, three days to get all of the riches in. God prospered his people. Folks, I'm telling you, there is a place that God wants to take you in the way of prosperity. And I'm not just talking dollars and cents here. I'm talking about where your life, you are prospering. You are, the Bible says he desired that you prosper and be in good health, even as what? Your soul is prospering. And God wants you at that place. And it comes by means of worship. You're at Isaiah right now, Isaiah chapter 61. I'm not sure that I put that in your notes there, but if you were able to find it, Isaiah chapter 61. And we want to look at the verse, first three verses. So if you can go ahead and put that up on the screen for the viewing audience and for those here. And this scripture starts out in verse 1. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them, read this with me, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. God is the one that gives you this garment, and it's called a garment of praise. You just have to put it on. How many of you know that I can give each one of you, or let's uh, just uh, hypothetically speaking, if I were to give you a garment and it was your size, it was your favorite color, that garment is still no good to you until you do what? Put it on. So I want to encourage you this morning to realize that worship is a garment that God has given you. Put it on. When you put it on, he's, he says, this garment begins to do what? Lift heaviness off of you. It becomes supernatural on your behalf to help you to get beyond the heaviness that life will try to bring upon you, your family, your community, your nation. You know, we just moved away from, and, and, and this weekend we'll probably continue with it, this Sunday we'll continue with uh, various remembrances. Remember, in the 20 years, 9-11, would you say that that was heaviness over the nation? 
And I remember, I know that most of you who were alive then and able to remember, you were probably experiencing some great heaviness that day. Perhaps a level of confusion was upon the earth that day. And I remember and, 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 uh, something that probably is indelibly printed in my mind is a few days after it, when the President of the United States had called for all of the nation's leaders to go and meet at the National Cathedral. Anybody remember that setting? I should have had some pictures pulled for you. But every past president, the current president, every Supreme Court justice, every congressman, every senator, the mayor of the District of Columbia and many other so-called leaders of our nation were at this place, and I felt like it was a Jehoshaphat moment. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The nation had come to a halting stop. The leaders and all of the demagoguery and various things that happened on Capitol Hill was not, it had come to a halt. Football came to a halt. Late night comedy came to a halt. Everything was around what do we do now? And I remember that setting said, our eyes are on you. They'd gone into a place that said, our eyes are on you. And folks, even during this time in, in this COVID environment that we've been in for far too long, Ms. Pat and I were recollecting a, a while back and we realized that we have been going at this for 19 months nonstop. It's been 19 months, nonstop. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. Now, I'm not growing weary in doing what we're doing, but I'm tired. How many of you know that when you're worn and when you're weary and when you have these things and this tiredness, do you need to learn how to go to who? Jesus. Somebody say, give me Jesus. And in order to get to Jesus, Jesus said, this is how I want you to come. I want you to come as a worshiper. I want you to come acknowledging me in all of your ways so that I can begin to direct your path. True worshipers realize that this word, this, this word that Jesus is giving to us about worship is so critically important. He gives you this garment of praise. How many of you have items in your wardrobe that perhaps you purchased or you were given, but you've never worn? I do. Matter of fact, I was going through and, and I realized I had probably 20 or more shirts that I've never worn. And I looked at them, I looked at the collar size, and I said, and I probably won't be able to wear them again, or ever, rather. Because they were still in the package and they were bought during times when perhaps my neck size was a little bit smaller. And I, I don't know if you know, men, when, we, when you're, you, you're trying to button up a shirt and it's too tight, you can pinch yourself and it hurts. 
But see, this garment that God gives you, it'll still fit. It'll still fit. You may not have used it yet, but I guarantee you, it'll fit you. I'm just trying to encourage you, put it on. Look at your neighbor and say, put it on. Put it on. The put on the garment. He told us, you put it on. You put on the garment. You've had to put verse 3 back up for me. Isaiah 61, verse 3. Put this on. What is he trying to do? What is what he's trying to show you? I want to console those who are mourning. Do you realize there are people mourning everywhere? How many deaths? Yesterday was about people mourning and remembering, but yet mourning. There were a lot of people who died. Folks, I went to eight funerals right here in the neighborhood because I knew people in the Pentagon. I worked there for 17 years. And surely I knew a lot of the civilians. You know, it's not just everybody that wears a military uniform that's in the Pentagon. And there were a lot of civilians that were there before I got there and was there after I left there, and they are there no more. And I can remember myself navigating through a lot of different things and just hearing about this one and that one and just trying to put myself, because my office, where I sat for those number of years, that office was hit. It was no more. And you think about, it could have been me. And God said, but I'll console those who mourn. Look at what he says. I'll give them what? Beauty for the ashes. I'll give you beauty for the ashes. I mean, I don't know how many of you have traveled to New York uh, at the place where uh, that impact took place, but they've made it something beautiful. I don't know if you've ever driven past the south side of the Pentagon. But they rebuilt it so quick and around it and where it used to be, I would call it somewhat quagmire, is something beautiful. Something beautiful. And God says, he'll make something beautiful when struggles or troubles come your way. God will turn what was meant for evil to something good. Come on, thank him for it. Thank him in advance for it. Thank him if you've already experienced. Thank him because he's turned what was something that could have been, as it were, catastrophic, would have been something that would have brought you to a halt and a stop. But God says, I'm going to give you beauty for those ashes, though. The oil of joy for what? The morning. You wonder why so often people are anointing people with oil. It's supposed to represent you're getting the joy of the Lord. Whatever that was that was on your life, joy. Somebody tell, tell your neighbor, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Say it again, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Find another neighbor, tell them, rejoice in the Lord. You at home, you too. Rejoice in the Lord. That person there in your home that's drinking that cup of coffee in the kitchen and you're watching the broadcast this morning, tell them, rejoice in the Lord. Because what, do you, what does God want to give you? The oil of joy. Because he know, again, you've been mourning. Some of you are weary. 
You know, we came out of a protracted period of time, Pat and I, and this congregation of so many funerals back to back. I am saying, you know, this, this Friday, and I, this is a good place to, to remind you, one of the, the members that used to be here years ago, her name was Jessica Dyson, uh, went home to be with the Lord, and we're having her funeral here at Rainbow on uh, Friday at 11 a.m. Uh, that will be this coming Friday at 11 a.m. And, and, and I'm telling you, that some people say, well, didn't she pass some weeks ago? Yes. Folks, that's how backed it up it is for the mortuary right now. In a time before, you would say a person passed in a few days, and within a week, you'd be having a funeral and interment no more. The morgues are full. Hospitals are full. ICUs are getting full again. And God says, there's a lot of mourning, but I want to give you what? The oil of joy. Folks, I'm setting you up. I don't know if you want to know this, but I am setting you up for a night of just worship. I'm setting you up. We as a people, we as a church need to just come and worship. You ladies, you're going to have to take your stilettos off and just worship. Men, it's all right. Kick your shoes off and let's worship. Brother Felix, you're going to have to lead a dance party. And we're going to worship. And we're just going to worship God because he, Jesus, is the object of our worship. Because no matter what the devil is meant for evil, God is turning it around. Come on, God is turning it around. God is turning it around. All of these things speak of God turning some things around. What the devil said when he said, you're defeated, Jesus was saying, not so. You may have fallen down, and the Bible says a good man can fall down seven times, but he does what? Get back up. Come on, tell your neighbor, get back up. Get back up. You may have lost your job. Get back up. You may have been threatened to lose your house, but God says you're going to get back up. You may have lost what was your business, but God says you're going to get back up. You remember what happened to Joe? He got back up. God did what? A hundred times more. Because he got back up. You can't lose your focus on Jesus. He is the object of our worship. And the Bible says, I'm looking for some people right in the midst of the storm, right when they're going through the valley and the shadows of death, to get up and worship me, to get up and praise me. I dare you to get up and just worship him. I dare you to just get up and honor him and see that the Lord will give you a breakthrough, will give you that breakout moment, will give you a comeback for the setback in your life. That's who our God is. How great, how great, how great is our God. But he's looking for some worshipers. All of heaven is looking for somebody that will join the angels. The angels are crying, holy, 
holy, holy, holy. And God's looking for some echoes in the earth that will say, holy, holy, holy is our God. Great is our God and greatly to be praised. Greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. What shall I render? What shall I render to all of his benefit? What shall I render? Then the Bible says, well, yes, bring the sacrifice of praise. Bring that sacrifice of thanksgiving. That's what you render unto God for all of his benefits. He is blessing us abundantly, exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or even think his word shares with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Open your Bible one more time. Romans chapter 6. I want to show you this, that you are an instrument for God. You are an instrument for God. You were intended to be an instrument for God. You were born for such a time as this. See, this is not just a Esther moment. See, Mordecai had to help Esther to see Esther in the midst of this do you re realize that, that that was genocide? That was genocide planned for the people. And Mordecai is saying to her, Esther, this is the time. For church, th look, this is the time. This is the time for God's children to rise. And he says, what God's children are to do is lift up his name. And the Bible says, when God arrives, Enemies are scattered. See, but you gotta let God arise. Come on, shout it. Let God arise. Let God arise. And the enemies will be scattered, folks. See, a lot of times we are we, we don't let God arise. We we get our minds and our focus on the problem. We get our mind and focus on all of these negative reports that keep coming. And folks, they'll keep coming. But whose report? Will you believe? I don't know about you. I read about a man named Caleb. I read about a man named Joshua. We are well able. That's what their report said. Somebody shout, we are well able. Come on, you're not looking at giants right now. You're not looking at what seems impossible. You're not minimizing yourself and saying, I'm like a grasshopper compared to this. I'm, 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 I'm a victim to this or that. No, you're more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are everything the Word says you are. You can have everything the Word says you can have. You can do what the Word says you can do. You are more than a conqueror. True worshiper. True worshiper. True worshipers believe God. For such a time as this, have you been born into the kingdom of God? Romans chapter 6 now. Look at verse 13. I'm not through preaching yet. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Come on, get, get this going. I'll read it from the text that I have. And do not 
present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Let, let me say that. Let me read that carefully and slowly because I, I, I woke up in a dream and I saw some of your faces. And the Spirit of the Lord says, and they're slipping back into sin. You're, you're slipping into darkness. You're, you're, you're co-mingling with things and people and going to places that you know you shouldn't go. And trying to hang with people that you know you ain't got no business. Because you're supposed to be light. And everything in that life right now is darkness. And then the only reason that God would bring light toward darkness is so that the darkness will be illuminated. Mm -mm. The darkness will become illuminated. They will come out. They'll be translated out of the darkness over into the marvelous light. But if you get the darkness, cut the light off, and want to slip into the darkness, pastor can't see me. Sure can't. But Jesus can. Sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, elder so-and-so can't see me. Sure can't. But you can't hide. You can't hide. Look, look, even in the last days, the Bible says people are going to be trying to hide them under the rock. And the rock going to move out of the way and say, here they are. <laughs> here they are, Jesus. You can't hide. Look at your neighbor saying, you can't hide. And don't try to slide back into that thing and that lifestyle. Go back to Romans 6, 13. We ain't done there. He says, and do not present your members as instruments. Remember I said that word instrument means what? Weapon. It's a weapon or a tool. Do not present what God, don't, don't, don't take what God has given you and cast that pearl to the swines. And look at what it says. And it says, but present yourselves Present yourselves to who? To God. As being alive from the dead. And your members as what? Here's that word again. Instruments. Weapons. Tools of righteousness to God. Come on. Somebody shout it again. You sang it earlier. I give myself away. So you can use me. And one song says it like this. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. Anybody surrendered like that this morning? If he, if he can use anything, you are a surrendered vessel and say, Lord, you can use me. That's what God is saying. In Romans 6, 13, he says, you got to present, though. you got to present. You present your members. Folks, I can't drag you into heaven. I can't preach you into heaven. I can't shame you into heaven. No such thing as that anyway, but you have got to present yourself. Folks, when it comes to the last day and the day of judgment, 
Nobody but you and God. What shall you say? Standing before God. I want you to just imagine yourself standing before him right now. What will you say? What will you say? The Bible speaks and says there's people that were going to come and they're going to say, Lord, 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 Lord. See, that's their time where I know that there are people who come in here and they shout, Lord, Lord. Their mouth is speaking one thing, but their heart. Worship is an attitude of the heart. If you ever want to know what worship is, because a lot of you, when we say worship, you go right to music. But worship is an attitude of the heart. Where you want Jesus. You can have all this world, but give me Jesus. You recognize him as the author, the finisher, all that's in between the beginning and the end. It's all about Jesus. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, it's all about Jesus. Where you work, it's all about Jesus. Where you live, all about Jesus. Where, you understand what... It's all about Jesus. This is 24-7. Somebody say 24-7. All about Jesus. 365 days a week. A year, actually, isn't it? I'm on pastor condensing time now. all about Jesus and you're an instrument you're an instrument that God can work through you're an instrument that God wants to use and will use when you put that garment of praise on God says you can lift the spirit of heaviness do you notice that you can lift the spirit of heaviness off of yourself and that spirit of uh, uh, that garment of praise will actually help lift the spirit of heaviness off of other people there are some people who don't know Jesus. They, they can't not be this instrument yet. You cannot be an instrument without the master. Remember? Come, come get your, your string. Just come stand beside me for a moment. You might have to unplug it. I, I know your cord may not be that long. But if it's that long, bring it with me because you may have to play something for me. <laughs> Mom, you remember I was sharing with you, this instrument right now is not doing anything but having an appearance. It, it, it will do nothing. It, 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 everybody will say, it's a guitar. It is. But this guitar needs this master to put his hands to it. Come on now. Do you, do, say, this instrument, I'm talking about you, needs the master to put his hand to it. Now go plug it up. I want you to play something because the master is going to touch you like you haven't been touched before, buddy. 
You're going to play something that you had never heard before. You're going to play it to the glory of God. Just start playing when you get it hooked and you're ready. Because what happens in your life if the master touches you? You will do things that will be amazing. It, it, come on. It's amazing what God can do in a yielded, surrendered vessel. It's amazing. You will do things that you, you, you will amaze yourself that you got that accomplished. Well, why? Because you yielded. And you're letting the master touch you. You're letting the master touch you. When you go through the word, the master touches you and begins to start bringing that which seemed like it was unattainable. Seems like it was, I can't comprehend it. All of a sudden, truth is coming from the word. You're, you're going for depth, not just distance, but depth. God is giving you meaning. You're doing things and accomplishing things that you know you can't take any credit for. It's all God. Because why? The master has put his hand to you, his instrument. Remember when he was standing right here? Was it making any sound? Was it accomplishing anything? Just looks. Folks, you've got to get past being just looks at, at church. I hope pastor saw me today. I was there. Hey, I, I, I wanted to go beyond just knowing that I saw you today. Folks, I, I, I want to see your good works. Because that's what glorifies God. Anybody heard that in the scripture? It said, and people should be able to see what? Your good works and what? Glorify God. See, we glorify God when the instrumentalists come and they begin to, we glorify God when that instrument that is called our voice begins to be lifted up to God. And he says, look, that's what you were created to do. You were created to worship. Those of you who dance, you were created to do that. To bring glory to his name. Folks, you don't have to be up here on the stage, though, in order to bring glory to God's name. It's where you sit there. It's where you sit in whatever your address is and bring glory to his name. Bring glory to his name. Don't go anywhere, Prody. We, we, we're about to turn this back up into a worship house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship is a lifestyle, church. Worship is a lifestyle. I'm going to go through five things that what happens to you if you truly worship. I'm going to go through them quick. I'm not going to try to turn to all the scriptures. I got 15 pages of notes up here, and I'm trying to do it with, in one page. Worship, number one, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. Make it a lifestyle. Folks, I'm telling you, go in your car and program your radio to the right stations. Some of you are still plugged in to some worldly stuff. And you still listen to some worldly stuff and you don't know that that's feeding you. But it's feeding you the wrong thing. 
Worship feeds you. Find all of the Christian stations and get plugged into some Christian stations. Go, if your, your car has Bluetooth capability, go ahead and just use Bluetooth and plug that in and, and, and get you a long worship set and just worship God. You got to turn off the noise and begin to tune in to God. Remember last week we were talking about the fact that Jehoshaphat tuned in to God. You got to tune in to God. And if you get tuned into God, I'm telling you, you'll just begin to start worshiping. You'll get up in the morning worshiping. You'll go through your day worshiping. You'll be at in the late in the evening worshiping God. Get tuned in, folks. Here's the second thing that I wanted to leave with you this morning is this. Your worship will transition you into the spirit realm. Your worship will transition you into the spirit realm. You remember how... John, we call him John the Revelator, the book of Revelation. And when you read that, and the first thing that you hear John said, and I was where? I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then what happened? God began to show him something. If you want a revelation on some things, you begin to just worship God. Just worship God. Just worship God. Just worship God. And that's what John was doing. He was just worshiping God. How many remember this man by the name of Elisha in the Bible? You find him in 2 Kings chapter 6, and there's a servant that comes to him, and he's telling him about this great army that is out there and surrounding their tent. And you remember what Elisha prayed? He prayed that his servant's eyes would be open. Not talking physical, because obviously he's seeing something, isn't he? He sees the army. So why pray a prayer? Because it would seem like a dumb prayer to say, open his eyes, Lord. But what type of eyes needed to be open? Spiritual. Folks, worship opens your spiritual eye. You start to see things from God's perspective, not man's perspective or your perspective. Because the Bible said, you and I should not lean to what? Our own understanding, but acknowledge God. Well, how are you going to acknowledge God? You acknowledge him in the spirit realm. Your spirit begins to bear witness with his spirit. This is a spiritual transaction, if I can say it like that. It's a spiritual transaction. And God says, that's what worship does. It takes you out of your flesh and over into the spirit. And many of us, we come in, we don't come in really sometimes with the proper attitude because we don't have an attitude of worship. We have an attitude of, I'm at church. And when is church going to be over with? Pastor, don't be long now. Pastor, bring it this morning. Worship team, y'all better sing. But you don't come in with an attitude of worship yourself. You remember Shirley Caesar has a, has a song, it's called Hold My Mule. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you young people say, what in the world? I hold my mule. It's a song about a man in the South who goes to a church, and the church is just stoic. It's so, I mean, stuffy. Nobody does anything. Nobody worship. Everybody's quiet. And if you're going to move, you got to put your little hand up. And you're just quiet. But it's so contrary to the word. The Bible said, make a what? I mean, you ought to hear noise in the house of God. 
You ought to hear noise coming. Do you realize that even in the battle, in, even in war, they heard noise? And one army said this, as they thought about attacking the army of the Lord, they said, we better not attack because there must be a king amongst them. There's, somebody say, back up. Somebody's got backup. They were saying they got too much backup. You've got too much backing you. God is backing you. Angels are surrounding you. God is with you. And who can be against you? And people who know that praise their God and they praise with a loud voice. Timidity has to leave you. Folks, I was the most timid of all people. Matter of fact, if you talk to anybody in my school when I was growing up, that in my yearbook, that is probably more in my yearbook than anything else. Most timid guy in the in the class. Shy. All those little adjectives that describe my personality. Matter of fact, even when 40 years ago, when Miss Pat and I were getting married, most people were concerned about whether I was going to be able to be heard saying I do. And then what happened, it ended up being Miss Pat, who couldn't, they couldn't holler here. <laughs> so she had talked so much, she had lost her voice on the day of our wedding. But then God did this. He says, I'm changing your voice. How many of you know God can make change in your life? In the little, shy, timid, quiet voice, and I, I know those of you who have met me in the last few years and said, when were you ever had a timid voice? <laughs> it was. My mother would talk about it. My father would talk about it. My family would talk about it. And even today, I know that they are amazed when they hear me because God did a change. Come on, lift your hand and say, God, I want to change in my life too. It doesn't have to be your voice. It doesn't have to be your voice. It, that, that was just me. But there's a change that's needed in your life. Because you're an instrument that God wants to work through. You are a weapon that God wants to use against the enemy. And let me say this. Here's one of the things that you need to be aware of when you become a worshiper. You do have an enemy. You do have an enemy. And the enemy will oppose you. Worship will be opposed by your enemy. That's the third thing. Worship will be opposed by your enemy. Somebody's saying, I don't even know what the second one was. You weren't listening. First, <laughs> first one was simply, worship is a lifestyle. I'm going to help people because when I see your eyes, you're speaking to me. Worship is a lifestyle is number one. Number two is that your worship will transition you into the spirit realm. That was number two. And number three is this. Your worship will be opposed by your enemy. Come on, everybody know that there's a fallen angel by the name of Lucifer. The Bible shows us in the book of Ezekiel and other passages and other uh, uh, um, uh, books in the Bible that he was literally created with worship in him. I mean, he'd get up in the morning and worship. How many of you in, in sports or in any activity, maybe in a play or, or whatever, uh, you took the leading role from somebody. I, I think about it with me in basketball. In, in, in high school, I, I took a starting position from, I was, I was a freshman, and, 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 and I took a, a starting position from a senior. 
in basketball. Do you think he wanted to help me? Do you think that he, he, he was happy when uh, I was performing on the court? I want you to realize that the devil is not happy with you worshiping God. Because you took his lead role. He was cast out because he decided he was going to exalt his throne above the throne of God. He thought that he could entice those who had followed God to follow him. And he did what some of us would call a decent job, one-third. One-third of the heavenly host followed this fool. But you remember God says, and I saw Satan, Jesus said this to his disciples, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I mean, that's a swift kick. That created a lot of spark. Out of heaven. But what is he doing? He's accusing you of not being a worshiper. He's accusing you of not loving God. He's accusing you of never raising your hand. He's accusing you of never lifting your voice. Lord, you know you said everything that has breath ought to be praising you. Look out today in rainbow, God. I, I guarantee you I can point some people out that don't worship. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, not me. <laughs> don't be in that category. Don't be in that group that sitting there like a, my dad would say, not on a log. I got breath. And I'm going to praise God. I got hair. I'm going to clap my hair. I got feet. I'm going to use them to the glory of God. Woo! That's why you, sometimes you have to tell your neighbor, come on. You remember I, I, I shared with you my little niece, our little niece, Lauren. She's a young lady now, even has a young child now. But Lauren, she left here out of a worship session here in Rainbow. And she had a, a little CD I'd given her, Judy Jacobs. And Judy Jacobs had a track on that particular CD that said, would you be my praise partner and help me praise the Lord? I want you to know we were packed and ready because uh, Lauren had been with us for the week and we needed to get her back to North Carolina. She lives in the Raleigh, Durham area. And, and we needed to get her back. And so we were said, okay, we're going to preach, we're going to uh, end the service, and we're going to drive back. Uh, anybody going driving south on 95 on a Sunday afternoon? Whew! It can be crowded trying to get from Springfield past the Aquaquan. Wow. And we endured that. But here's where Lauren was. Lauren said, Uncle Harris, we used to call her French Fry. She has this little southern accent. And she said, Uncle Harris, can you put my CD on CD? I didn't have to even ask what track. We put it on that track. And she said, can it repeat? <laughs> Child, already knowing that the, 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 the electronic device has a repeat button on it. And we went, and she said, how old was Lauren at that time? How old was Lauren? Probably six, because she was in school. I think maybe five or six. We needed to get her to school for Monday morning. And so she, we put it on repeat. The drive from here to her home in outside of Raleigh 
was approximately five and a half hours. My pastor don't drive slow. But it was about five and a half hours. <laughs> I had some traffic impediment. But from the time we left, what, Route 29? To the time that we got to her home, that was the only song that played. Would you be my praise partner? And if I wasn't singing, she'd say, come on, Uncle Hart. <laughs> I know that song. <laughs> but I tell you what, by the time I got down to about, what is that called, Fredericksburg, Virginia? This is Frederick, Maryland, Fredericksburg, Virginia. I was in it. I was in it. By the time I drove from here to maybe the Beltway, I was thinking, we can go to another song now, can't we? <laughs> but by the time the repeat button kept, see, some folks, all I'm trying to say is, there's some things that you need to repeat until it gets in you so that you can defeat what's coming against you. Sometimes you don't realize that God is trying to get you to get this garment of praise on because the enemy is getting ready to attack you. He's getting ready to attack your home, attack your marriage, attack your children, attack your finances. And God is trying to get you ready so that you have a shield to be able to quench every fiery dart that the enemy is trying to launch your way. Somebody get up and get your praise on right now. Come on. You have someone opposing you, but I'm telling you, you're going to have to take a stance against it, because what will happen? Number four is this, and you'll, you'll be able to hear it on the tape. Number four is this, when you get to praising God, the walls will come down. I'm talking about the Jericho walls that you read in the Bible. Didn't the walls come down as they obeyed God and began to shout? Didn't the walls come down? And here's the fifth thing. Not only will walls come down, mountains will fall. Mountains will fall. I know you said, God says I can speak to the mountain and tell it to remove. But God there says sometimes that this mountain is not going to come down until you begin to worship. Walls come down. Mountains come down when you praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hand. You got something for us? Glory to God. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. I'm done. I'm done preaching, but we ain't done praising. We're undone worshiping. We're undone honoring. We're undone blessing him. We're undone thanking him. Come on, put your instruments together. Let the devil know your instrument is not something that's unloaded. You are fully loaded. Both barrels this morning. Amen. Glory. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and town, from generation to generation, we worship.
Next week, I want to be able to announce the day and time that we're actually going to just get into uh, uh, um, just a protracted time of just worshiping. And folks, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's that time. I, I think it's your breakout moment. I think it's a, uh, uh, the church's breakout moment. Uh, and we're just going to worship God. There'll just be uh, in between some exhortations and perhaps even some testimonies of what the Lord is doing. That's all a part of worship. But we're just going to sing and just honor him. You know, when the children of Israel would uh, go up to Jerusalem, there were these psalms they called the ascent. And, 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 and you're going from below sea level to above sea level. 
and they would ascend up onto Jerusalem singing songs. Psalm 66 is one of those psalms that they would just begin to talk about the goodness and the greatness of God. And, and, and during this time, I want to teach you some psalms, especially in the, the ascending as we go up into the high places. Ron Canola used to sing a song about we're going up into the high places. And I think a lot of you sang that song but may not have known biblically what that meant to go up. There is an ascension that you take in worship. And I'll get a chance to teach on that probably in that worship session, but just for about five minutes of teaching in that. But I want you to plan to come. Bring people with you. If you know that people have been mourning, that they've been grieving, that they've been going through a hard time, those are the people that I want you to invite to come with you to this service. And so next Sunday, after some coordination with our worship team, We'll be able to announce to you, this is the day that we want to do that. It's going to be an evening, I believe. And you come, and let's just worship God. Here's what I want to do, and then I want to give a benediction. I want to receive the tithes and the offering. I want to thank you in advance for all that you've been doing, those of you online, those of you who have been here presently in the services. Uh, we just thank God for uh, people who haven't been slacking off, people who have not said, well, I'll withhold this. You've been giving, I want to encourage you to give, and, and give sacrificially. There's so much to be done in these last days in terms of reaching people. I want to thank you uh, the way that you gave uh, concerning uh, the death of a member here in the church, and you gave toward uh, making sure she was able to be uh, flown back to Uganda, to a homeland. You gave to the Congo, you, you raised almost $3,000 to send to the Congo and to help a church that's just on fire right now. I hope to get some video for you to be able to put it on the screen so that you can see why it touched my heart so much to be able to sow into this. See, you have to still be a part of missions even though you're going through something. And, and, and so the Lord is, is shared with us as a church uh, we continue to have to sow out into other ministries. We are sowing in our community through uh, the work of uh, my wife and a, a host of volunteers called the Community Development Center. And I, I, I want to say um, this coming Saturday, I, I believe I'm correct, Ms. Pat, this coming Saturday, we as a church have an opportunity to participate with other uh, churches in our 20904 zip code and more right at where we've been going and where God told us to go, out into the White Oak community. We're going to be out there in the Sears parking lot. You are, everybody know where the Sears are? Oh, well, it used to be Sears and no Sears no more. But the parking lot is there. The building is still there. We're going to join with um, several other uh, churches as well as some of the county government agencies so that we can get people vaccinated, get people tested, get people food, get people information that they need. How many of you know unemployment is, is something that's critical that you need to have the facts about it? There's information about schools, there's information about a number of different things, but we need you as well. The timeline is going to be 
nine until one, so if you can come and just give that amount. It's a wide open space, so if you're concerned about social distance, you'll have a lot of social distance and, and you're, we're gonna be outside. So uh, I really want our church to come and participate. We wanna have our tent up, we wanna have our name at our tent, and we're gonna need some of you at that tent, and I'm gonna need a lot of you out there in the parking lot with me, talking to people, loving on people, and helping them to know that God loves them. So come and participate with us on this coming Saturday from 9 a.m. to approximately 12 uh, p.m. Join us out there. There's plenty of parking. There's plenty of opportunity. And this is an opportunity, something that I pray for all of my life, for streams of ministry to flow together. It's not good that you, know, you have one church here and one church there and one church there and none of us talk to each other. We've had a wonderful, beautiful working relationship with Kingdom Fellowship uh, during this pandemic, and I want to see it continue beyond the pandemic because it's going to take every one of God's people taking God's message to the people who don't know Jesus. Amen? Amen. If you're ready to give, uh, Brother Felix, I needed my Bible. I don't know if you put it back in my office. I need it real quick. Um, hallelujah. As I'm a bearer, just grab my, my Bible real quick. Um, Father, I thank you for the, the heart of the people, and I know that they're ready to give. I can see uh, people that are just literally glad to be able to give this morning. And, uh, and Lord, I thank you. So in line with what your word says, you love a cheerful giver. And I thank you out of the cheer and uh, out of the gladness of their heart. They're bringing their tithes. They're bringing their offerings, other gifts of love. And I thank you for it, and I thank you for the corresponding return on their giving. In Jesus' name, amen. When you're ready, come and bring your tithes and your offerings. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Yes, He is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Yes, He is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Praise God. Um, stand with me if you can, and we're going to give our benediction. Um, let me just say, in the month of September, there are a lot of you that have birthdays. I get to see a sheet that Denise prints out for me, and wow, we have a lot of birthdays in uh, the month of September. I believe we've got a, a person that's uh, 75 young today also. Amen. That's Sister Deline Sharma. Amen. And to all of you in the month of September, 
I want to say uh, happy birthday to you. God bless you. Amen. Mr. Ryan, I think you have your 19th this month too, don't you? <laughs> Glory to God. A lot of people with birthdays, and uh, I don't have all of the names of the birthday, uh, and, but I do want to wish each one of you a very happy birthday in the month of September. Amen. Look to heaven. Stretch your hands toward God. Lord, I thank you that you're the Lord who blesses us. You're the Lord who keeps us. You're the Lord who makes your face to shine upon us, and you are gracious unto us. Lord, lift up your countenance upon us. Give us peace. God, be merciful unto us. God, make known upon the earth this week through your people, your instrument, your saving grace, your saving health among all the nations. God, may there ever, never, ever, ever be another 9-11 again. Give peace to all of those who are rehashing a lot of perhaps sad and painful memories. Give them peace during the course of this week and in the days ahead and years ahead, God. And the very God of peace may sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, your soul, your body be preserved, preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the grace of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ be with you. And all of God's people who agreed, shout it. Amen. Amen. Go be a blessing today. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.